0: Yeah, I will uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D-Hop's out again, you can call him uh, whoever else wants to do it and y'all see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's uh, we're working through some things still and, and we have a long way to go. Um, we got to be more consistent, there's no doubt. But I, I like where it's heading um, so hopefully we can, we can keep the momentum going.
1: Yeah, that was the uh, burning question that has been talked about on this show and other shows, uh, Cliff Kingsbury because last week he, he made the admission, hey, whatever it takes to win games, if that includes me giving up play Calling duties, I will do so. They're coming off of a win. Wolf and Luke asked the question yesterday. Dan Bickley,
2: what did you think of Cliff Kingsbury's answer? Yeah, I think. uh Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that DeAndre Hopkins has kind of filled this organization with a renewed sense of everything is okay. That's what I think. It. <laughs> We know this. I, I did not for- expect him to do anything different. Neither I don't think did I. you did either. No. I, I, I think it, it would have been a really uh, progressive, interesting thing to do. I think there's this growing. There's this growing, whether it's spin or whether it's reality or not. There's this growing. Um, narrative that there's plays wide open all over the field and Kyler Murray is just missing them all the time and Cliff's offense is great and, and if they just had a quarterback who could see the field who did his homework I'm not buying that man I'm telling you I've I've heard that song from a lot yes. of coaches and from a lot of coaches in the past they all say that and it, I think it's true of everybody I, as I've said before I think if you fire up a game film you're going to find most quarterbacks leave a lot of plays on the field because these are split second decisions it's easy to capture a a frame in in a play and go oh look at that guy's wide open you got a millisecond to find that guy, and if your eyes are not where they're supposed to be, you're going to miss him. And it happens to everybody,
3: well, most like everybody. What Kurt Warner was telling us about, like you sort, you almost have to make the read before the play even starts. Yes, just yes. based on the defense and stuff, now, so yes. that, you're, you, and that you know who's not, going
2: to be open. Is rather that than happening to
1: an acceptable level right now, that remains a debate. That's no, see, now if you
2: ask me, that's where Kyler Murray is letting this football team down, and I'm not sure it's entirely his fault because he's never had to do it in his past, but it doesn't seem, from what I can tell, he's worked a a whole heck of a lot of it, or worked on it a lot, and that is knowing what the defense is doing before you even get the ball. But going back to Cliff Kingsbury's answer, and we know
1: Cliff does this, we're four years into the experience, he diffuses a lot of things with humor, and he diffused that situation with humor by saying, yeah, next time D-hop's out, Wolf can do it, or whoever can do it. Yeah. But what did we say about this? When DeAndre Hopkins was coming back in week seven, that was the benchmark. That was the star date on the calendar. This is when everything's going to be okay. But you've got months and months and months to prepare for his absence. It's not like one day you showed up and he just wasn't there or wasn't available. That's... That is an indictment on the coaching doubt, staff. Maybe. That half-joking
3: answer was him almost admitting yes. that we can't do anything without dehop right.
2: yes. yes, yes, and that's that's an indictment. And it, You can't frame it any way, any way else than that. That is just... Uh, the facts of the matter: Steve Kime was on with uh, Burns and Gambo yesterday. The subject
1: came up, and here was Gambo and, and Steve Kime going back on back and forth on this. So, are you saying that was a good trade or no? I'm saying that was a good trade, but I also like to say, it, <laughs> you know, you've had six months to figure out how to play without him, and you guys
4: yeah. didn't do that great of a
1: job playing without him. Well,
4: that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Um, you know, he, again, I, I, I don't, I wish I could tell you, uh, but but I do uh, know that that he makes a difference when he's on the. Field and his ability uh, to do the things that I just told you, as, as uh, strong as he is in a crowd. I mean, all those different things with the catching radius. I mean, plus he's a guy that's got swag. I mean, he instills confidence in our football team.
1: Steve, i admitting that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And, it it, is. and it is a fair no, point. Uh, uh, props to Gamble for pushing him on that. Yes. It's it's reassuring that he's back. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the six weeks leading, the six games leading up to his return, have to be filed under major disappointment. Uh,
2: yeah, there's no other way to frame that. So, but, but let's, let's deal with the reality now. So if, if DeAndre Hopkins really does do all this to the Cardinals offense, what is that going to mean? Well, I think this week is going to be a, a test. I think that a, a lot of that Saints game broke the Cardinals way. Right from the from the successive pick sixes that never happens in the NFL to a, a team that was so decimated at cornerback that they had no shot at at fronting DeAndre Hopkins and doing a, a decent job of it. So and, and look, the secondary in Minnesota ain't that hot either. Their analytics are pretty poor to begin with. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I did think made a bit of a difference here, man, it's it's Cody Ford came in for Max Garcia, and that seemed to help and getting Sean Harlow out at center for Billy Price that seemed to help. Now, I don't know I don't know what's going on with Rodney Hudson or what his availability is going to be going forward, but but I do think what I saw from that offensive line in the second half was something that hopefully
1: yeah I mean Billy Price the third center they've used this year
0: after they, they made the change with Harlow Cliff Kingsbury talked about price's performance he really did uh, we put a lot on him and, and from a you know cerebral standpoint he, I, he got us going in the right direction I thought his mic points were really good you know the blitz pickup stuff where he's got to get it sorted out was really good and then he was stout in the run game and uh, to have a guy step in like that after short a short amount of time was was really impressive
1: yep still not ideal because uh, you know, Cliff did say yesterday Rodney Hudson it's going to be close again for his availability on Sunday um, it was rare, it, it, it's pretty rare in his stay in Arizona that Rodney Hudson doesn't play and the Cardinals win a game that was a little different
2: oh yeah, no listen, uh, yes I agree with that and I, I think that now you we're going into a stretch of schedule where these games are going to come fast and furious Um, at the Cardinals there are going to be some some intense division games you're going to get a rematch with the Se- with the Seahawks and I'm very curious what that game is going to look like because Seattle beat and handled the Cardinals offense fairly easily, but the, again, that was without DeAndre Hopkins. And it's just, it, we, we all know that this is not the sign of a healthy, functioning offense. That one guy makes that kind of difference in the entire program. That's not, that's not normal in the NFL.
1: No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I mean, we've talked about it in years past with, on the defensive side of the football with this very team. Vance Joseph loses players, and what does he do? Chandler Jones a couple years ago played the fifth game of the season out for the year. What happened to the pass rush? It excelled because the the defensive coordinator excelled at scheming
2: ways to generate a yeah. pass rush. Yeah, but and, and yet if the Cardinals could go on the road and they're they've been good on the road. So you give them a shot against the Vikings, maybe even a good shot against the Vikings, depending on your level of perspective and optimism. Then you get a game at home against Seattle. You you win those two. You find a way to win the next two games. You're going to be a first place team, which is insane. <laughs> it does seem insane. Is it insane? That. It's, Yeah. It's insane! And on the other hand, before the
3: season, this stretch of Minnesota and Seattle seemed like an easy stretch. Uh-huh. And they're actually two uh-huh. good teams. Uh-huh. That's, so who knows?
1: I mean, that is why there's so much folly and when the schedule comes out, about it? and you go, How oh, there's it? a win, that's oh, a loss, Tom that's Brady a win. on
2: Christmas, oh, you're going to get drilled by that. No way you're going to win that game. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals would like to play
1: Tampa Bay this yeah, week. They would, in every week. <laughs> yeah, but everybody penciled in two wins oh, yeah. against
2: Seattle. Look, you, you'll take it, so you got to give credit to the Cardinals for for staying at it, particularly defensively. What Vance Joseph's defense, even though they got throttled a bit and pushed around a bit against the Saints, up into this point, they're the unsung heroes of this season. The fact that this team is still here, where mm-hmm. they're at, you know, it might end up being DeAndre Hopkins, it might end up being Kyler Murray in the long run, but for right now, it's it, it props to the defense for for their stick to itiveness and and keeping this team at this point. Yeah, listen to this, Jarrett.
1: This will appease you. Eagles just announced they're returning to Footprint Center March 1st, 2023 for the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, it is a Sunday. Suns taking on the Warriors, and what we've seen from Devin Booker through three games is another elevation in his career. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Tuesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
4: Sunday presented by Y Reef Spotify.com. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
1: Campaign checks in for Chris Paul. Triggers it in for Booker who goes straight to the rim and throws
0: it down with some anger. Devin Booker, a little yell with that deuce. And the Suns go up 15 again. 82-67. Book leading all scores with 25. Yeah, that's how you want it. And, you know, it'll be a good test for us. You know, I spoke on you know, their culture already this year, and you know, they're, they're the defending champs, you know, so they hold the they hold the belt, and that's something that everybody in this league wants. And you
4: know, we have a good test in life.
0: Devin
2: freaking Booker,
1: <laughs> love that guy. Love that guy. What is up? Uh, Devin Booker has been on a three-game tear to start the season. Yes, he has. Uh, 32 points per game. His shooting percentage is at 53%. He's hitting 53% of his threes. Um, The guys, uh, Kellen and Kevin, uh, on ArizonaSports.com from Empire of the Suns have a great piece on how he is attacking the rim more. You Mm -hmm. heard it there on the highlight from John Bloom. Uh, There was some anger in that drive and that finish and that two-handed dunk and that win Sunday night against the Clippers. Just when you think you've got Devin Booker pegged, all right, he's a finished product, that product is really good. He he comes out I, and he um, does
2: different things. I'm uh, I'm I'm really fascinated by by who helps drive Devin Booker and Melvin Booker's pro- uh, place in this story because Devin Booker had reached a level of success uh, becoming a Supermax, eligible for a Supermax, becoming the cover of a video game, um, dating one of the most famous females on the planet. Everything that you would think that an ambitious per- person was hoping to achieve, he had gotten it. He had reached it. And so what is still driving him? Because clearly something is. And the the ability, not not just the ability, the willingness to... Constantly drive the basket to the basket. That's hard in the NBA. That's that's tough sledding. And but but Devin Booker is smart enough to know this is where I have to go with my career. This is where I want to go if I'm going to be that guy. And and the level of work, the level of leadership, he's he looks like he's taking another step. Yep. And, and these guys, when they get to the level that Devin Booker is at, it's. It, it, the margins for improvement are so small because you you are so high up the mountain already it, it, finding finding the nuance and finding the areas to continue to improve it 's not easy to do. It takes somebody fully committed to a vision
1: yes, and he clearly is but and it 's only three games we have to qualify it by saying that, but in those three games. I agree with you completely. That margin for improvement is so small; it is so minute. Yet, through three games with Devin Booker, it's been so visually noticeable. He he just looks like a different a different player again. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I don't know whether it's it's the the vision, of his alignment with Kobe, and what he thinks Kobe would be doing. Uh, there's just been uh, he's he's making all the right moves in terms of of keeping his game on the rise, mm-hmm. and that's that's not easy to do in the NBA because. you know Devin Booker is not the twitchiest of athletes although he's a very good athlete Um, but so he's doing this out, out of sheer work and it's 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 awesome to watch man I'm telling you it's coming out of last year's playoffs I felt terrible for him because I'm a huge fan of Devin Booker I felt terrible for him what happened in game six and game seven Um, like Rick Buecher I was not really digging what he did in game five and I really really believe that just the emotional temperament his temperament and the emotional control that he has on a basketball court needs to improve and I'm hoping we're seeing that this as well. Whoever is teaching and advising Devin Booker is pretty smart. That's what I got to say.
1: Yeah, Monty Williams is uh, responsible for some of that teaching, yep. but he talked yesterday about Booker's continued progression in the league.
4: Devin's been around so long, sometimes you forget he's still a young player, but I think he's moving into um, the early parts of his prime, and that's where you're... you're Become your strongest, you know, and you're starting to see like his ability to get there and take punishment, or go past the punishment, and dunk the ball. I mean, it's only a few games, but his ability to attack the basket and finish should be an asset for us and, and hopefully it, it's him getting to the free throw line more so we can set our defense and, and you know be able to change up our defenses if we need to but he's put a lot of work in in the weight room you can look at his body and stuff.
1: yeah and you, and you asked the question before like what's, what's driving Devin Booker he's accomplished so much he's improved so much in different areas you know things in his personal life that you know others strive to accomplish he's accomplished I think there's, there's one thing it's it's the pursuit of a championship. Don't mean a thing if you ain't got the ring. There's I mean there is a lot of uh, uh, of truth in that yeah. saying even though it rhymes. Do what do what do what do what do what do
3: what. I think it
2: goes past that. I, I think it's it's as important as you're painting it out to be, but I think his I think his drive is is more individual. I, but I, I'm not trying to say he's not in it to win championships. I I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think his vision is even bigger than yes, that.
1: But nobody, no great player in the NBA Wants to elevate themselves to that level where they're like, "Oh, great player, perennial All Star, MVP votes every year." But nobody wants that. But no. to
2: be followed by Never he's, won got, a title, he's got he's yeah. got no championships. Yeah. No, you no you don't want to be that guy. You're absolutely right. And about
1: again, that. Uh, not to gush too much about Devin Booker because. We've, we've all seen it. I mean, we've all seen the previous seven years of his career. And Early in the career, you knew he was a good player. Mm-hmm. You knew he was going to be a cornerstone of this franchise. What that meant was kind of fuzzy at the time because they didn't have the pieces around him. But even in those tough times, what he did to persevere through just an awful stretch of basketball and mm-hmm. dysfunction from an organization to say, I want to stay here, I want to accomplish this here, many people scoffed at that when he said it. Oh, he'll be gone. There's no way anybody's. You know, this this situation will finally wear down a player like Devin Booker, mm-hmm. and he stuck it out. And here we are in year eight. And look, nothing. The ultimate goal has not been accomplished. But you know, the fact that he's still on track to be a career Phoenix son is yeah. is pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. And I uh, well I think and I think the odds of that given the uh the ownership transformation that's going to happen, I think the the odds of him staying here are are probably better than they've been. Uh you know me, I've had a fear for a long long time that at some point in time he's going to want to play full time at the Staples, well, it's not the Staple Center anymore. The house that Kobe built, let's just call it that. See,
1: you want to still call it Staples.
2: Yeah, like right. I struggled with crypto.com
3: Marino. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't learn the new name because it'll be something yeah, else in is, year yeah, too, a year or two when the crypto keeps crashing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So I, I I've always I've long had that fear, but I, I think that Devin Booker he's got such a he's got such an old soul. He really does, because for instance, um he, he doesn't he doesn't talk a lot about what he's going after, but he clearly burns hot. You can see it. And so he's it's it's fun to watch. I'll tell you this. He's off to an excellent start, and he, and you have to be. Like I said, coming out of that failure last year, uh, there's a lot of eyes inside the game on, okay, wh- what's his response going to be? And then mm-hmm. there were people barking that he doesn't belong on the cover of a video game. I don't know if you read uh, Gerald Bourguet's story about how just viscerally ecstatic he was with that honor. That's that's currency in today's no, Of NBA. course it is.
1: Yeah. But it comes with a lot of criticism. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, and going back to what Devin Booker said after the the home opener last week about, you know, the fans here, they don't BS. It's like that all the time, and he's seen the good and the bad. He's seen empty arenas and half-full arenas, and now he's seen the the fever that exists. Uh, And tonight should be a very, very special (laughs) environment down there. Uh, It's time for Character Counts, presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. In honor of Brittany Griner's 32nd birthday this past Tuesday, the Phoenix Suns and Mercury will move forward with her efforts in the community. The team's announced that BG's Heart & Soul Shoe Drive will continue at Footprint Center tonight, ahead of the Suns' matchup with the the Golden State Warriors. Fans are welcomed and encouraged to bring new or gently used shoes to the arena to support the drive in Griner's name. This morning, Brittany's uh, nine-year Russian prison sentence was upheld. Uh, Through the first four years of this mission, approximately 2,000 pairs of shoes have been collected. However, this summer saw north of 3,200 pairs of shoes and $27,000 raised for the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Uh, Character counts presented by Parker & Sons cooling, plumbing, heating, and electrical as looking for their next student-athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship. Text CHARACTER to 620-620 to nominate a student today. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell will take us through the big stories of the day on this Tuesday morning. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for
4: America's dreams.
5: Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is great to have you all with us as we, every single day at 7.30, take you through the top stories of the day. I'm Sarah Kazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. Who is who is feeling victorious with those Chicago Bears, I guess. You know. <laughs> My two people, <laughs> Got Bears. Got bears. Uh, Vince Murata.
1: Talk to me, dirty corn dogs. <gasps> Yes, ma'am. I might just play that every day. <laughs> I, I totally support that. And Jarek Carlin. He knows he sucks. The team knows he sucks. The NFL sucks.
4: <laughs> the Lakers Boy. suck yesterday and they suck again today.
1: <laughs> oh, the longest Putting reboot greeting we've ever had. Some effort there. Suck yeah. montage. <laughs>
5: Okay, it's on to week eight for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> They're three and four. They're getting ready for the five and one Vikings on the road. I think a record uh, not too many of us expected from Minnesota at this point in the season. We heard from both Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim yesterday, and they both talked about the Cardinals situation at receiver now that DeAndre Hopkins is back. And of course, the Hollywood Brown injury still looming. First, here is the GM Steve Kime. He was asked, "Is there still a role for AJ Green
4: moving forward?" I think there is. You know, I think AJ still got a good skill set, and he can do some different things for you, both inside and outside. I think, again, with the way the personnel is, depending on who we play, it'll it'll, it'll obviously um, create some changes in the lineup. But uh, really excited about Robbie Anderson and what he brings to the table. Obviously, his vertical speed and his size are intriguing, especially when you pair that with Hop and what he can do on the opposite side.
5: Regarding A.J. Green's role, Kingsbury added it could change week to week and, quote, we'll see where it goes. Now, you heard Steve Keim get into Robbie Anderson there. Kingsbury also spoke about the newest addition from the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, we we want to see w- how he fits, really, in our scheme. We know we can run. Uh, I, I like what I've seen on, on film from other places, and that was about fitting into our offense. But he's a the guy they can take the top off of and, and has really uh, elite-level speed. And, and we, we felt like we needed that piece um, Um, when hollywood went down and uh, i'm excited to see what he does with another week under his belt
5: all right so now that deandre hopkins is back baby how do you see the cardinals utilizing their receivers how do you think this all shakes out from the top down
2: Uh, I'm guessing it's going to probably look a lot like the game against the Saints did, where DeAndre Hopkins will have (laughs) double-digit receptions and targets, Mm -hmm. and everybody else will get table scraps. And A.J. Green doesn't leave the sideline? Yeah, I don't know why he would. Listen, Robbie Anderson is a a marked improvement over where A.J. Green is in his career, so I I think A.J. Green's time here is done. I think think he'll be around, just in case something goes bad in terms of injury, but I, I I think his days of production are done here.
1: Uh, I think Bick is right on the Hopkins part of it. I think that 50% mark that was, you know, targets, receptions, and yardage. Maybe not the yardage, but the targets and receptions, I think 50% of that is going to go to Hopkins the rest of the way, which, hey, you slice it up how you want. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not convinced that Robbie Anderson, and this is not a knock on him, you heard Cliff Kingsbury in that sound bite. we need to see how he fits in our offense. Well, that really hasn't been a strength of fitting guys into the offense, uh, especially on the fly. Rondell in, Moore in, still in waiting. In the week eight. Uh, right. so that's a, that, Robbie Anderson's contributions to this offense, I will believe when I see Ooh. Is that fair? That is fair. Okay. I think that's totally
5: fair. Okay, so Dan Bickley says A.J. Green is done. Do you think A.J. Green is done?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty telling that on a short week... He didn't even have his helmet in his hands. I <laughs> mean. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, he, there, was, there was three players that got DNPs that were active, and two of them were backup quarterbacks, and the other one was A.J. Green. I yeah, think that's, that's pretty real, telling. Pretty telling. Yeah, that is pretty telling. All
5: right, let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. They've got a big one tonight at Footprint Center. Vince Murata will be on the mic there. They host the Golden State Warriors, uh, who are averaging the most points per game so far in this very, very young season, 125.3 points per game uh, per golden, for Golden State. Is that all? Right, right versus 110 per game for the Suns. Devin Booker said he is looking forward to this test tonight.
0: Yeah, that's how you want it. Uh, you know, it'll be a good test for us. You know, I've spoken on you know, their culture already this year and you know, they're, they're the defending champs. You know, so they hold the they hold the belt. And you know, that's something that everybody in this league wants and you know, we have a good test in right? our
5: all right, what are you guys expecting to see from the Suns against the Warriors tonight? How do you think they'll hold up?
1: I think they're still, you know, even though what, what we last saw on Sunday looked very good from a, a, a rotation standpoint, yeah. uh, the bench played very well, but I still think this is a team that's that's kind of finding itself. Um, Golden State's working in some new pieces, too. Um, I, I mean, I expect it to be entertaining, mm-hmm. but the Suns have played a much more defensive style of basketball. Uh, than the Warriors have, and really than most of the league has. If you look at these final scores, they're way up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see if the Suns can slow down the, the shooting of Golden State tonight because yeah. they have played pretty good defense yeah, for three listen, games.
2: And I think that it's the, what I want to see is really going to be that bench unit that kind of showed um, uh, real progress against the Clippers to, to have them show up again and, and look like a coherent bench.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and to be able to hang with Golden State and not get blown off the floor, I think that's going to be a big test. Uh huh. Absolutely. It's it's now the second hey. week of the NBA season. Sorry, what were you going to no, say? Ben? And, and it's also a it's you know uh, in terms of optics and perception. It's this will be going to be an interesting night for Chris Paul. There's a Oof. lot of people wondering. Yeah, he's shooting nine percent from three point mm,
5: range.
2: Yeah, 9%? nine percent. <laughs> nine. Yeah, <laughs>
1: just nine percent.
5: Uh-huh. Oh gosh. No, thank you. Nine, thank you. Okay, let's get to an update out of Russia this morning. Uh, It's been in all of my updates, but for those who haven't heard it, a Russian court has upheld Brittany Griner's nine-year prison sentence in Russia. Her legal team was seeking a reduction to her sentence based on the argument that the punishment was excessive compared to similar cases. Uh, But the court denied the appeal. She can now be moved to a penal colony or a remote prison complex. And the news analysis in uh, in reaction to this story is that Russia and the United States will intensify their negotiations for her release and Paul Whelan's release after midterm elections, which are two weeks from now. What is your reaction to the denied appeal?
2: Yeah, this is uh, when this when this story first broke months and months ago, this was the stage of it all that I was kind of really terrified for Brittany Greiner. Um, If you read about the the penal colonies in Russia and outside of Moscow, uh, not good. Very crowded, lots of lots of disease, lots of lots of bad stuff. And I think this is the this is the stage of her incarceration that she was dreading. Yeah. And I think that I, I would hope that maybe something can get done in the interim before she has to go and live that particular hell. It's just – it's crazy to me what a hor- – how bad the timing is for her individually to be just in the middle of this – of what some people are already calling World War Three. Hmm. In the midst of this geopolitical nightmare, we're all living in. Yeah, um, my reaction to
1: I wasn't shocked. Um, you know, reading everything from from the legal team, Brittany Griner's legal team, that she was very nervous going into it. But at her hearing today on the appeal, uh, she apologized once again for making a mistake. She asked for some consideration that she pleaded guilty to the crimes. Look, there's a lot of example setting going on right now with with Russia's place, like Bick said, globally, um they want to make an example of Americans right yeah. now, and Brittany Greiner is is kind of thrust into the middle of that. You know, if this intensifies negotiations for a prisoner swapper or release, so be it. But it's got to be just absolutely devastating, personally and demoralizing to Brittany Greiner and her and her team. For yeah. I mean, because now it, it now it gets not that it hasn't been real, yeah. But with those conditions she's facing now, it gets real.
5: Certainly, yeah. Uh, the WNBA Players Union put out a statement. in reaction to the news this morning i'll read part of that statement britney has repeatedly taken responsibility and made clear she never intended to break russian laws while their legal system is very different from ours in the u.s there is no doubt that the original sentence she received was extreme even for the russian legal system Mm -hmm. this appeal is further verification that bg is not just wrongfully detained she is very clearly a hostage
1: that's the thinking, and I, I, I think you're going to see that that thinking permeate throughout a lot of decision-makers and leaders in in American government. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. I very disappointing. That,
2: yeah, I think pre- very, very clearly the days of, of anybody in the WNBA playing overseas oh, yeah. is done. Done. Yeah. done.
1: Yeah. Well, overseas in Russia. They'll, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll go get their money your, elsewhere. Euro- Maybe. Not they'll in Russia. They'll seek though. other
2: European yeah. uh, okay.
1: opportunities, yeah. I, would, I would guess. yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All rebooted. Russia will reboot every morning at 7.30, and also, text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's always open at 620, 620. Coming up next, the NFL's learning a lesson when it comes to acquiring veteran quarterbacks. And that lesson is buyer beware. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Marada Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marada Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley, Bickley and Marada
2: marks
6: the shoulder issue that Matt Ryan has is a factor, but also the declining play. Many scouts I've talked to believe that the arm strength has deteriorated. His mobility has deteriorated. And so the third reason really is that they need mobility at this position because the offensive line wasn't as good as they thought it would be. That was the issue with signing Ryan. They figured, hey, we'll put him behind this vaunted line. He'll be well protected and can deliver the ball. That simply hasn't happened. So Ellinger, even though he's not a polished pocket passer as of yet, not known to be that, he can move around. He can run and he's a tough guy. So he can get them some easy yards when they need it that is
1: Jeremy Fowler of ESPN on why the Indianapolis Colts made the decision at 3-3-1 and heading into week 8 Bick it's just a uh, game out of first place in their own division that Matt Ryan their latest offseason veteran quarterback acquisition put to the bench and this isn't a temporary fix either The statement from Frank Reich yesterday was: "This is our plan moving forward for the rest of the year. Sam Ellinger, who has never thrown a pass in an NFL game, is the guy moving forward.
2: This is yeah, this is trippy kind of news because a lot of people, myself included, gave the Colts and Jim Irsey a lot of credit for failing fast with Carson Wentz for realizing no, that's not our guy. Let let's try something different. Now they're failing really fast. Oh, yes, and look, Matt Ryan. I did not, I did not think he was going to just look washed up overnight." Yeah, we we joked about this yesterday. It's like there's this there's this growing group of athletes who just seem to have aged overnight, who have seemed to find the fountain of the anti-fountain of youth.
1: I don't know about you, but I aged overnight, too. Well, listen, I mean, it's – look,
2: Tom Brady suddenly, Russell Wilson can't play, Matt Ryan, who I thought was going to have a huge impact on the Colts, because that Colts team seemingly had everything else you needed – transcended offensive line, MVP caliber running back, good defense. All they needed was a plug and play kind of veteran quarterback and he's been dreadful. I don't know. It's this, just it's been one of these weird years. That's the thing. His
1: numbers are not great, but they're not horrible either. He's completed uh 68.4% of his passes. He has thrown a lot of picks. He's thrown nine picks which leads leads football. Um and they're throwing the. It, it's so weird too. This philosophy of, yeah, Matt Ryan's got no arm strength. He can't stay upright behind this line. They're throwing the ball a ton in Indianapolis, well, and Jonathan
2: Taylor hasn't been, injured, been available. Yeah,
1: and that's but, but they've completely shifted their philosophy.
2: Well, and again, it's this is another team that did not prepare properly for the NFL season, and no. it's biting them in the backside. This has been a recurring theme in the NFL this year, uh, and yet it, you take a look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has never been below five hundred through seven games. At any point in his career, if you saw him after last week's game, he actually looks scared about what's coming up because they're playing the Bills next. And I believe that's on a short week. Maybe it's not, but he he literally told the media after the loss last week that he was trying to frame it as this this could be the best thing that happens to us because we could get thoroughly exposed by Buffalo, yeah. and what he's afraid of is that.
1: Yeah, they're in Buffalo on Sunday night. Oh, the <laughs> oh. sure short week is Tampa. Yeah, that's, that's, what, it that's what it is. That's what it is.
5: They're gonna get gored. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good word. Uh, there you go. Um, uh, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, uh, talked about Matt Ryan accepting his benching. This
4: guy is special, special, special. And, you know, we all we know right at the quarterback position that it's not our poor production on offense is not on one person. It's not on Matt Ryan. But we also know, as Matt and I talked it through, hey, as head coach and quarterback, as head coach, ultimately, it doesn't matter. I'm judged on wins and losses. Quarterbacks judged on points and, and production and turnovers. That's We understand that's how it is in this league, and so Matt will be a pro. He, you know, he, I will say this: uh, as you guys saw, or maybe saw, he did get banged up in the game. He does have a great, great two, grade two um, shoulder separation, and so will not practice this week will be inactive. Nick will be number two. Um, and But Matt is committed to helping this team in every way he can. He's got a lot of years of experience. You always got to stay ready. You never know. This is a funny league. So I um, still believe Matt's going to help us get to where we want to go in whatever role that is.
1: ESPN had a question on one of their panel shows this morning. Who's been more disappointing as a veteran quarterback acquisition, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson? Um, to me, like Matt Ryan's already headed to the bench. But to me, that's not even a question. Russell Wilson by far has
2: been more disappointing, hasn't he? Without a doubt. I, I think, the yes. I, I think just in terms of what people expected, I, and I think a lot of people just had the perception that Russell Wilson needed a change, that Russell Wilson needed a, a, a better offense that would let him cook, if you will. I, I don't think we we've knew. I, we did not know in real time we were viewing it completely wrong. Well, also because Russell
3: Wilson, when he came back last year and he wasn't that good, everyone was like, well, he came back too quickly from yes. the injury because yes. he was mm-hmm. trying to help the team not really realizing that it really started with the second half of the 2020 season. Because that first half, he was the runaway MVP,
1: remember? Mm -hmm. Then he came back down to earth, and since then, he hasn't been great. It's also, it was a tough week, too. Not only was he in street clothes, not playing for Denver in that loss to the Jets, uh, his sandwich got Mm. taken out of the subway vault. (laughs) Oh, no. see that? (laughs) Apparently, you can't get the the, the danger witch anymore. Put into the vault, you mean.
2: Yeah, apparently, it never really, did it even make it out?
1: I don't know. Oh, you could get it. Could you get they it? They have like a secret I didn't know about this, but the you know, Subway's got this secret sandwich menu and that was it was part of that. But how do you have a
3: secret sandwich menu when you could just make anything you want? I don't know. Be careful though. It's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> you said something interesting earlier Dan about where Kyler ranks among the quarterbacks. Yeah. I I almost wonder if he hasn't moved up. Just by default, because of all the other top quarterbacks that yeah. are doing worse this Listen, year. Yeah, his statistics
2: yeah. are way down for him personally. Uh, but but I do think, yeah, I think he's moved up by default, but I think there's some people that were below him last year who have passed him. That's what I think. Like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you might be
1: hard-pressed to find anybody else that okay. has. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I mean, just... Geno Smith is having a better year than him, but mm-hmm. it, it, are, do you feel good at, at placing Geno Smith on a permanent... Top ten quarterback of list course. right now. Of course, I mean so. is, is Justin Herbert
3: not to sound not to be him to be my Philip Rivers, but is he so clearly better than Kyler Murray anymore? Uh,
2: well, Jared, yes. Uh, again, these questions. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Why are you asking me these questions when I when I tell you my opinion <laughs> and it already answers those questions? Why do you do this to me?
3: Because I hate you. <laughs> Of a, finally, just we a get bubbling, fine, bubbling finally. Finally, finally, I'm just finally to,
2: we get to the truth of it. Fight. I'm just trying it out, to Let's go. Finally, we get to the truth of it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Justin Herbert is better than Kyler Murray right now. Yes, I do I do
1: too. Although the the Herbert worship is a little off uh, off putting, maybe a little I, bit. I was going to ask Sarah if uh, remember when you were a kid and you're yeah, an adult argument at the dinner table. Didn't yes. it, didn't it feel like that just a second yes. ago when Jared Love said I hate fighting. you? I hate you. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another veteran quarterback who's getting a lot of criticism is Tom Brady. Listen to this from Harry Douglas, ESPN Radio. I'm
2: going to go ahead and say it because not many people are saying this. Tom Brady should have stayed his ass at home. Mm. Tom Brady should have stayed
1: home, retired with his family because what we're seeing right now for the Tampa
2: Bay Buccaneers, what we're seeing from Tom Brady and his commitment right now, what Tom Brady is going through, all the signs are telling us that Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, a guy who has seven Super Bowls, should be at home right now with his feet kicked up. But then he has to, what? What does he have, $300 million waiting for him in in, in in the TV world? What are you doing,
4: Tom? Go home.
1: Yeah, Tom Brady himself talked about being under 500 through seven games for the first time in 20 years. That's from the Let's Go podcast. Well,
6: you work hard to get it right. I think that's the point is it's just, yeah, you can think about the outcome, and I try to think about the process. So it is, it feels terrible losing. It feels terrible. We all know as fans it feels terrible. As players it feels terrible. As coaches it feels terrible. So what do you do? Do you just do the same thing? thing and then show up to the game the same way. No, you just, you focus on the process of improvement and that's what it has to be. It's not about one play here, one play there. It's all the plays that all add up to a final outcome. And that outcome is we're going to have to change it from the player's standpoint because we're on the field that can do something about it. And if we want to do something about it, we've got to do more and we got to commit to one another more, got to play harder, got to play faster, got to play stronger, more determined, better execution, all the things. And then you hope that once you find your rhythm, that that can continue to carry you. So there are a lot of competitors that we have. And I know that we have a strong belief that we're going to find a way and we're going to keep fighting as hard as we can. And there's no quit in our group. And there will never be a a quit as long as I'm a part of any team. I know that for sure.
2: Now let's go get them. No, no, no. That's effective leadership, isn't it? It I mean, if you were a member of Tampa and you heard your quarterback say that, you'd feel you'd feel better. Because right? yeah. I, I would think on some level, uh, some of the Buccaneers have to wonder privately how into this Tom Brady happens to be. Because there are a lot of people in the media have questioned it. Tom Brady looks like he doesn't want to be there. Tom Brady, okay, and and his actions, you know, would would kind of vibe with that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are sympathetic to what Tom Brady is going through. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in that locker room who give him as much slack as he needs, given his pedigree and and his reputation in the NFL. But I'm sure, knowing how football teams operate, there's mm-hmm. probably people wondering how into this team in this season, how vested is he? So. So so when he comes out and says something that declaratively like he did, I think that helps. Until they score three points in a a game next week. Well, I mean, we saw that Carolina team. We saw how dreadful they are. They've got a great linebacker and a good defense. They traded away their best offensive player. There's nothing there. And that team beat Tom Brady? An XFL refugee beat Tom Brady in a football game. They
3: traded away their best offensive players. Yeah, Plural. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I just want to get this out there real quick. Uh, Plant the seed. Maybe we'll come back to it later on. John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12, just had a tweet that said, Feels like a newsy day in the Pac-12. Tweeted that about five minutes ago. What does that mean? Last time he he put off something like that, USC and UCLA left for the Big Ten. They're coming back. (laughs) No, they're not. Oh, no.
3: (laughs) He followed (laughs) up that it's
5: not related to Pac-12 football media rights. It's not related to that, some
1: to the media rights button. Could be related to conference realignment. Could be. Ooh, yeah. That would be newsy. U of A to the Big 12. Oh.
2: That would be newsy. Yeah. Come on. We are
1: halfway through this Tuesday.